This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Sean Alenry. Sean has experience working for and supporting several Fortune 500 accounts at the director and VP level. He currently holds the title of Vice President of Support at the Oregon-based tech unicorn, Dutchie. Also, Sean founded The Corporate Dad to help individuals unlock the keys to success in their careers and business. Sean, I'm pumped to get started. So welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thank you, Nick. I'm happy to be here. So one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is what's one thing people might not know about you? Oh, wow. There's a couple things. I think what happens is we grow in our careers and everyone says, hey, here's my highlight reel. Here's how great I am. Uh, but the reality of it is, you know, international leadership, work for some great companies. However, I'm actually a high school dropout. You know, I, I was that young man who didn't finish school the right way. Uh, ended up actually living in a car for about six months, sleeping on floors and trying to find my way. Thankfully, went back and finished up school. But um, yeah, it was a part of my life where for years I was afraid to talk about it, but I've learned that it taught me so much and got me to where I am today. Man, I am a huge proponent of persevering. What did you learn in that journey? With Without talk, taking the whole podcast episode. We might just have a, a real life with Sean podcast itself, but you know, what were the things that, that you learned on that journey? Yeah. You know, I think you have to trust how you view yourself first, because when you're on that journey, others will look at you and they'll say things about you. And I remember my mother being told, oh, he's not going to amount to be much in life. You know, he's going to end up in jail. And all your friends in that scenario, they're all at school, right? So they're, you know, you, you see the only next step in life was to go to college. You don't see, hey, there's other paths. You just say, I'm a failure. I suck. So walking out of that situation, I learned, for one, to love myself and believe in myself and bet on myself. But two, that you truly can define where you want to go. You know, you, you don't have to necessarily say my situation is forever. With resilience, you can actually pull yourself out of it. Um, but probably the biggest lesson I learned, and, and my dad told me this a few years before he died, he said, you never look at someone as what they are today, whether they're homeless, whether they're the janitor, always respect them as they're the greatest person on the planet, because you never know where they can be tomorrow. And that conversation plays in my head all the time with everyone I speak to, because we literally all have that opportunity to say, I want to make this life for myself and I'm going to do it. But staying humble when you get there and still respecting every single person as if they're of value because they are of value, they're special, they're an individual that no one else has the same DNA as, give them that honor and respect. So it, it just taught me humility and, and endurance and resilience. That's cool. How was that self-talk that, that you went from living in that car for six months to where you are today? How did that self-talk change? Oh, wow. You know, it, it was one of those things where you kind of create a fake version of yourself, right? I remember for many years, I, I had 
here's who I want to be. And I would literally look for different leaders and say, I want a little bit of this person, a little bit of this person. You kind of mix them together. And I had an old uh, president of our division when I worked at Comcast. He called it, you create your, your gumbo, right? Your leadership gumbo. Like, who do you want to become? Because we're all just byproducts of what we learn from somebody else. Um, so I literally had to get in that mind state of, I am already him. How does he dress? How does he walk? How does he talk? You know, how does he honor people? Um, so I, I had to literally get away from my situation. Um, but I also had to acknowledge the fact of this is my reality today. And can I tweak upon it? Yes. What's the next actionable step? Um, so constantly talking to yourself and saying, it's okay. You know, don't worry about the end goal. Worry about the next step. Okay, you got there. You got your job. Great. Now, wherever the next step, save up a little bit of money and see if you can find a place, right? Um, so it was a lot of really not being so hard on myself. Also understanding that my current situation wasn't my destination, but you just have to continually talk to yourself and say, don't overwhelm yourself with the end result. Just focus on that next step. So there's a guy that I interviewed six months ago. His name is John O'Leary. At nine years old, he burnt 100% of his body. God. 90% of it was third degree burns and he had a half percent chance to live. Wow. Uh, blew himself up in the garage. And fast forward today, he's now a public speaker. He's now a successful business owner. Hmm. And his mission in life right now is to love the one in front of you. Yeah. So I wanted to get your perspective on what your mission in life is right now. That's powerful. Um, for one, uh, he's amazing. Uh, that's incredible. You know, I'm in a place in life where I had the gift and the burden of witnessing both of my parents pass away relatively young, you know, before I was 30. And I have three sons myself. So it's kind of put me in a position where you understand that life isn't promised. And the greatest gift we can give to others is knowledge. So I've been in this cycle over the last couple of years of my ultimate mission is how much can I give away before I'm no longer here? You know, how do I get all this in my head out? You know, at first start with my kids. I want to make sure my kids have this information. But then you have mentees and then you see other people and you see individuals who may have been where you were in life or they're just on a different path and you want to help them. So I have a heart for saying how can we give back in a way that's not just monetary, but that's also effective where if I give you information, you can utilize that tomorrow and make a better life for yourself and for your family. So there's a lot to that. How, how do I take the knowledge that somebody else has and then grab onto it yeah. and not let go? Because there's a lot of things that like sand, you pick up and assist right through your hands because you're not taking hold of it. Yeah. And the knowledge that you have and the ability to, to catapult that person's journey if they are willing to make that happen, if they're yeah. willing to grab on and hold on for dear life as if their life depends on it. Yes. I like that. You know, one of the things that you talk about and I wanted to get your perspective on a little bit more is career happiness. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, it's it, I believe it was a great quote that I heard from Tony Robbins or someone like that years ago. And it stuck with me. And I said, this is actually applies very strongly to careers. And to me, everything in life is a formula. You know, when you kind of live in Excel, you kind of start to see things that way and realize algebra actually is used in your day job. Um, but 
The formula that I, I, I look at is career happiness is your purpose multiplied by your progress. And I think the way that we view it and you, you simplify it even further is just think about, I can be working in a career that I love. You know, I feel as if I'm meant to be here. It, it, it's a part of my mission in life. It ties back to who I am as an individual, but I'm stagnant. I'm not progressing. I'm not getting an increase. I'm not getting a promotion. Eventually, I will no longer be happy with that opportunity because no one wants to be in a fixed position. Well, the inverse, let's say I'm in a role where I'm, I'm progressing, I'm getting promotions, I'm getting raises, and now I've gone, I've elevated, and oh my gosh, now I'm a senior manager at an organization, but you know what? What I'm working in is not my purpose. So the money won't satisfy me. The title, the status won't satisfy me because it does not tie back to who I am at my core. So I really believe career happiness just ties back to those two elements, but diving in to figure out what is actually your purpose. So how can an individual maximize their potential in their career and their purpose? Yeah, so I believe when you are in a position where you're working your purpose you're more inclined to actually maximize your potential, but let's just say that's not the case, right? So let's start off with purpose. The first thing you need to do is identify what does that look like for you? And one lesson I always tell people, I have an entire you know workshop on this too, is go back to when you were a kid. Before you went to, co- you went to high school and said, I'm gonna do this in college. My mom wants me to be a lawyer. My dad says I need to be an engineer. Go back to when you were a kid. What did you wanna be when you grew up? What were you the most passionate about? Did you want to be a superhero? Did you want to be a dolphin? (laughs) You know, did you want to be a fireman? Like, what were those things that actually spoke to you, right? And then you really want to look at it and say, okay, what were the key aspects of that? So let's say you wanted to be a superhero, right? Maybe it was, I want to be in a position where I'm able to help people. Whatever I do, I have to be able to immediately see that my results are actually helping someone else. I want to have a superpower. What is that? I want to be talented and very skilled in a specific area. And I probably want to look good doing it because superheroes tend to have nice outfits, right? So when you start going and looking at it in that lens, it helps. So that's how you identify your purpose and just go back, strip everything down, go back to that original thought that you had. Then when you think about maximizing your potential, the key thing is a lot of times in our careers, we tend to chase the money too soon. We're constantly going after, well, I'm not going to do this until they pay me more. You know, my lifestyle's creeping up. How can I get compensated? And what I, I tell people is that focus on building your skill set first. Whether that means, yes, I will take on this extra project or yes, I will be involved and I'll be happy to do this lateral move that requires me to work a little bit extra. But how do you have paid college for yourself? Put yourself in opportunities that, that allow you to build. And what I say is that the people who do the best in their careers are people who are building. So what are you building? So if I look at your resume, what have you built? Even though you're in a job where you feel as if, well, my job doesn't allow me to do that. If I'm a frontline call center rep, And hey, there's a new pilot program they want to launch. Hey, can I be a part of that? I'd be happy to help build that out, figure out the first set of KPIs, figure out the customer experience. What does the quality score going to look like? What what, what what does our product look like? So it's just about putting yourself in a position where you're able to build upon something that's bigger than yourself. And that's how you'll be able to fully maximize your potential because in that, you're going to be forced to learn because you're going to have to deal with uncomfortable situations that then stretch you to have to have a new skill set. You're staying in that productively uncomfortable. Yes. And, ha- and, and purposely uncomfortable. Oh, yes. You, if you're not 
consistently putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations on purpose, then you're going to go through the mundane. You're going to go through status quo. You're going to not have the opportunities that you will have in the future because you're not putting yourselves, you're not putting yourself forward into those situations that you might fail. Yes. And, and failure doesn't mean final. It means here's what I'm going to do next. Here's what I learned from that. And there's going to be times where it's not comfortable. There's yeah. going to be times where it's not fun, but you're going to learn a boatload and you get to take that. It's a compounding human interest. Yes. 100%. You're taking that and it's just that rolling snowball effect. Yeah. And so one thing that we talked about a little bit was that, and you touched on at the very beginning was resilience. Yeah. If you, if you have resilience and you brush off the dirt because you fell the last five times, well, step up and take that next jump again because you might actually land on your feet this time. Yes. To, to land in that maximum potential. Anything else you want to say about resilience? Oh, yes. I mean, I love the way you put that. You know, I think it was Steve Harvey who said, think about any problem you've had in your life, any stress, any situation, any mountain you had to climb. You survived it. You're still alive. It didn't kill you. Right. And I think that, you know, especially in a year like this year where the economy is not where it needs to be, there's a lot of stressful situations. We're all feeling it at different levels. You know, the key is that you can wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to stress and be upset about my situation. Or you can say, no matter what happens, I'm going to solve this problem. So why be stressed about it? Just put my head down and figure out the very next step. Kind of going back to what I said earlier, what is that very next best action that I can take? But also when you're in these moments, relish in them a little bit, you know, they're teaching you new things like humility, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I wasn't disciplined in this area. And now in order to protect myself, I will be more disciplined going forward, whether it's my finances or my business or my personal life. So resilience is a gift. You know, it's just one of those things that we all have it, but we choose whether or not we lean into it or lean away from it. It's a mindset shift. Yeah. There's a guy that I interviewed. His name is Tim Kite. He says, there's a difference between I have to and I get to. Yeah. And if you change your mindset in customer service, let's say you're leading somebody, you're the, you're, you're a customer service rep. Instead of saying, man, I have to go in on Monday, 730 I got to let these guys just drill me with, with the, the naysayers, the negative attitudes, the, I want this for free because yeah. they're, they're usually doing, listening to their Rocky soundtrack and doing their pushups right before they call and they're getting <laughs> ready to tear you up. But you could either say, man, I have to, I have to jump on this because, or you can say, man, I get to help some people. Yeah. I get to understand where they're at. I get to provide that empathy. Yes. And hear them out and guide them to where they need to go, hopefully in the least amount of effort and deliver them and create a better experience so that they are better off where they were after my call than yeah. they were before I had that call. And, you know, for me, when it comes to customer service, I think it means a lot of things to a lot of people. And so my question to you is, what, what do you believe the role of customer service is? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love the way you put a lot of that. You know, I think 
the ultimate role of customer service is essentially when you start working the context in a world, which you constantly hear is a term called VOC or voice of the customer, where we're getting that feedback from the customer and we're wanting to get together inside and say, maybe our product's not where it needs to be. Maybe our service aren't where they need to be. Maybe we need to adjust, you know, our support. But what we don't think about is the voice of the company, the other VOC. And that's essentially what customer service is. So if you if you envision it as walking into a, a property, right, you want to buy a home and the home is beautiful on the outside. You walk in, it's nice. But let's say you have a, customer, a real estate agent that's showing you the home and the way they treat you or the way they go about it is just wrong. You know, if, if it's not a positive experience, it doesn't matter how great that house is, you don't want to be there. You know, you can take these keys back. You can take this back. I don't care how low the price is because it's about that overall experience and feeling as if someone cares about you and is engaged with you. So, you know, going back to what you said about customer service reps, you know, the key is that try to treat every day like the first day that you started training. The first day you got that offer letter, because we know what it's like when you're looking for that new job and you're a rep and you've gone through 50 interviews and finally you have a new opportunity and you're excited about it. And you're excited because not only will you be able to probably feed yourself and your family, but you'll also be in a position to do something new and help new customers and learn a new product. If you can keep that same excitement throughout your journey at that organization, for one, you will move up quickly, but two, it's going to help your mindset and help you to also stay and the place you need to be in order to properly service your customers. I like that. It's well said. So the other VO is the VOE, the voice of the employee. How often is corporate America focusing on the whole employee? Instead of saying you are a bucket, just happens to be customer service manager, You are operations, you are marketing, you are sales. And Mr. and Mrs. Salesperson, you need to hit X amount of quota. Yeah. Four times your salary, whatever that looks like. And you are a number, sometimes regardless of the size of the organization. And they could care less about the whole human. They could care less that somebody was struggling to get that next apartment or feed their kids or they're they're dealing with cuz their their son got a d in spanish or whatever that is they everybody thinks of the customer experience because they're so focused on the customer and obsessing over the customer and they're like oh man focus on the whole customer because you got to give them empathy and you got to do this you got to do that how often do organizations actually focus on the whole employee not often enough you know i was at, recently asked a question you know, what do I believe the new customer experience trend is going to be for 2023? And my opinion is it's going to be about employee experience. And the reason being is that customer experience is a byproduct of employee experience. You know, we tend to have that chicken or the egg conversation of which one comes first. And, and I always say, if you are starting a hot dog cart tomorrow and you're going to go park in New York and start selling hot dogs in the street, what do you have first, the customer or the employee? The employee, you are the business. So when you think about it, Your employees are your business. They are your brand. They are the voice of your brand. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, 
How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. So you want to make sure that you're feeding them to, into them as much as possible. So as we go into next year, a lot of our businesses are still in remote. You know, we have a lot of reps working from home. So you don't have that manager right next to you that can shoulder tap you or your peers that you can listen to for help. So we have to really think, how can we engage this front line, these individuals who are isolated at home, who they thought working from home would be great, but they also realize they're missing connection and it makes their jobs feel even more like just an assembly line. So you, we have to now lean in a little bit more. So companies really should start looking at, okay, I care just as much about my CSAT um, and my ESAT at the same level. How is my employee satisfaction? How are my employee net promoter scores? Are my employees promoting my business, right? And I think a key thing that we have to think about is going back to purpose multiplied by progress. Do you have a proper leveling plan in place for your employees? Because whether or not they want to move into management or remain at IC, there should be a career path. But in what they do today, are you setting it up where, hey, I can become a level two or level three based on my proficiency and my experience and my tenure? And those things you want to do because those micro uh, up levels mean a lot. It shows that, hey, you're acknowledging me, you're acknowledging my value and what I've been able to attain. And I also get to see myself progressing. So I think it's so important. But then in addition to that, you know, I think that when it comes to employees, we have to remember that they are not just numbers, going back to what you said. So I truly believe if you're an organization who believes that you're actually caring about your employees, if it's not in your budget, it doesn't count. So for example, in our budget, we for next year, we have budgeted more time for development, more time for coaching, more time for personal growth. We've actually uh, implemented more time for time off. Because we know in the contact center, we sometimes are looked at as a cost center. So every dollar matters. But if you can get that in your budget and really say, our people need this, they need these breaks in between, they need this development, they need this a time to be an apprentice for a different department so they can see what it's like to grow, put your money where your mouth is. Because if you do that, it's going to uh, pay you dividends for the employee retention and also your employee happiness. Yeah, that should be a t-shirt right there. Put your put your money where your mouth is when it comes to customer and employee experience. Yes, so that's a really long T-shirt, so maybe not. Maybe it's a, <laughs> maybe it's a cup. There is uh, so Horst Scholz, the the founder of of the Ritz Carlton, used to do all of his trainings at every single location. Wow! And he stood up in his suit, tie, shine shoes walked up with his his awesome accent and said, got it up to the front of the podium, hundreds of people, and looked at him straight in the eye and said, I am a very important person. Mm. And then didn't say anything for 20 seconds and just looked at him. <laughs> and then he paused and he said, and so are you. Wow. And so the impact of that, immediately they're thinking, who is this guy? I yeah. thought he was this awesome customer service lead this person that I want to work for. Yeah. And then he said something like that. And then it totally flipped it on its head. And he's like, and so are you, right? And so are you. 
And so the first week of that training wasn't even about their job. It was about, this is about our customers. This is about the service that we provide. This is our pillars that we go about. Here's our credo. And I just love that. And I'm like, man, how much time could, what could everybody else learn from him on that journey of just loving on those people and focusing on the the journey that they're on hopefully you're guiding them to where they want to go yeah like you said giving them the opportunity to 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 go from tier one to tier two to tier three or to operations or to management or even to marketing or somewhere else that they don't just bucket them into customer service yeah there's there's a lot of cool things that i've learned from leaders like yourself and from from horst but the one question i have for you I have a couple here at the end, but one question that you you touched on and I told you to pause so that I can come back to it because I didn't want you to spill the beans or the cup of Frappuccino. But <laughs> uh, how is customer experience like a cup of Frappuccino? Oh, man. So my wife will love this one. She's the coffee drinker. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think about it in this aspect. Whenever you think about a business, Let's all talk about let's talk about Starbucks. I hate to use the brand, but let's think of a Starbucks cup, right? What sales does is they're selling the cup. It's the logo, it's the container. That's what people are buying. They're buying that cup, right? What's inside the cup, that's your product, right? So now we're putting our product in here. Is our product working? Is it consistent? Is the quality where it needs to be? So I want my frappuccino taste like it's supposed to taste. Well, then you have the cream right? And that cream on top, if you like whipped cream, is important because if that cream is spoiled, if it's flat, if it's too watery, if there's too much of it, it can destroy the whole experience, right? So I I break down an acronym I have for our support center where we're trying to get to a, a place where we establish our cream. And our cream stands for knowledge, relatability, empathy, and memorable. So whenever a customer has a conversation with us, we want them to walk away feeling that way because the worst thing that we could do is say, you know what, that was a very nice employee. They were great, had great soft skills, but they didn't know anything, (laughs) right? Mm. Um, So you want to make sure you still have the knowledge there, but also be relatable to their industry, be empathetic to their issues. But the hardest part to get is that M, that memorable. How do you make it an experience that when I walk away from this, I'm thinking about how you made me feel? We all know the great quote, no one knows what, remembers what you said or what you did. They remember how you made them feel. So we know that's going to be the biggest driver to move the needle on NPS is that memorable and, and, and being able to have an impact. So that's how I view it as a cappuccino, you know, or a frappuccino. I do like that. So where is the barista involved in and what's who's the barista in the customer experience? Yeah. So the barista, you know, that's. It's a combination, you know, and if you think about the actual store, they're the most important component, right? Because they're setting the experience, they're setting the tone, kind of going back to that real estate. How does it feel when I walk in there? Are you acknowledging me? Are you looking me in my eyes? Did you say my name? Even if you spelt my name wrong, it, you still gave me a great experience, right? <laughs> there are three ways to spell Sean in a cup. So I think the, the barista is definitely important, right? I think in my example, they're also the, the actual uh, if you're in SaaS like I am, they're the actual product uh, designer. They're that engineer, that developer. So it's important that they get that feedback on knowing, hey, what I gave you, was it good or not? And you know, going back to our point earlier, 
customer service reps, customer support reps, they're the best reps to promote throughout the organization. I'm a big fan of how do we do more internal promotions because they literally understand what customers are going through. And if you can have that feedback loop with your product team, your sales, your marketing team, they're getting that information from the people who talk to a hundred customers a day. That's when you have the biggest success as an organization. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. So I like your acronym. I'm going to twist it a, a little bit, even though it's spelt wrong. So bear with me, but the, the creme de la creme. So creme is, is C-R-E-M-E, but you could, it could be creme, K-R-E-M. Yeah, that's right. It's right. It's the best of the best. It's the cream of the cream. I love that. I love so that. If, if you're ever looking to change it, uh, <laughs> you got an option A. I got it. I'll make sure I tag you on that one. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Well, I wrap up every single podcast at the very end with two questions. And the first one is what book or person and customer service or customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year? So I'll pause and then uh, give you a second answer or second question. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to be cliche. I, I think um, personally, Brene Brown, uh, I just relate to her so much and just so many different levels where I'm learning to lean more into that shame and empathy and humility. And I just love the way she presents. You know, I'm not the highest charismatic person, but I love telling funny stories too. So I just love to kind of hear the way she breaks down information. Uh, but for my organization, you know, we're chasing our North Star and that's that's Zappos. You know, when I look at, you know, their book, Delivering Happiness, and then trying to figure out how can we become that, not just the tech industry, the sector that we're in, but also for cannabis, you know, we're in cannabis tech. So the, unfortunately, you don't hear of a lot of great SaaS companies from an experience standpoint in our industry because we're also very young. So can we set that benchmark? So I've challenged my team. We've put it out there that this is our North Star. This is what we want to get to. Yeah. 10 hours and 34 minutes is your benchmark. <laughs> that is the longest call to date in at Zappos. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so not sure what your metric is, but uh, that's a that's an intense one. And they celebrated, which is which is crazy. But uh, Zappos is a great, great North Star. So the second one that I have for you is if you could leave a note to every single customer service rep, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? Oh, man. You know, whether you know it or not, you are in the greatest position to curate the life that you want. Customer service is one of the few industries that provides you with the training and development you need, the career paths, and also with just overall consistent coaching information to help you to that next level without requiring a degree. You know, a lot of us who have been able to elevate senior leadership started on the front lines. And it's been the greatest gift in our lives uh, because it's not just about what it's been able to do for our families, but to be able to impact thousands of families, right? When you lead organizations, you get to see individuals join new higher classes and are smiling. And, and, and maybe I'm pivoting from a career where I was doing retail and now I get to sit down in my job for the first time, right? Where it's just an opportunity to change your world. And it's a true opportunity. So definitely take advantage of it, but always, always remember that your customers come first, right? So when you smile on the phone, they can see it. When you smile, when you type, they can see it. So find more reasons to smile, even though when it, it may seem as if you have nothing to smile about. Sounds like you have a get to mentality. <laughs> I love it, man. I appreciate this conversation. Uh, Sean, where is the best place for people to find you? 
Yeah, so for sure, LinkedIn, Sean Elenry, if you can spell it. Um, also, my website, corpdad.com. It's C-O-R-P-D-A-D.com. Very cool. And it's S-E-A-N, because there's more ways to spell Sean, and I-L-E-N-R-E-Y. So find this guy, listen to the podcast, tell your friends, and then go find this guy, connect with them, say hi, give him a shout out. Uh, Sean, appreciate your time, man. Thanks, Nick. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.